Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Alex Reisenen, Human Resources Director for Trayvac in Scottsdale, Arizona. All remodelers have a sales department. All remodelers have a production department. But few officially recognize a human resources department. Well, Alex is here to share how her HR and recruitment experience has provided her with the skills to build an HR department for Trayvac and how that department has helped them get creative in a tough market and build their team by 123%. And we'll hear her story in just a minute. 60% of the time, it works every time. What are you people? On dope? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Hi, Dio. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing fantastic. You know, we have, speaking of speaking of fantastic, we have a fantastic member community, don't we? We have an amazing membership community. So, you know, they're so generous to one another, and that's always something that we are so proud of and thankful for that everybody does share their expertise with one another. And so the other day, we received an email from one of our members out in California, Judy Schindler. And Judy said, Victoria, you have got to interview this person for your podcast. She is fantastic, gave us all sorts of fabulous advice. And I said, you betcha. I'm really excited today to welcome Alex Reisenen. She is the HR director for Trayvec, a design-build company in Scottsdale, Arizona. Alex's dedication to the highest standards, which had been ingrained in her at an early age with her luxury resort experience in the HR department of the Four Seasons Scottsdale, led her to corporate recruiting at one of the largest national companies in the construction sector, and finally to Trayvac. Today, Alex is going to talk a little bit about how she created an HR department of one and how the intentional growth of the team has created a culture worth speaking about. Welcome, Alex. Thanks, Victoria. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited about hearing about your your experience because we, like many of our members, sort of give HR a short shrift some of the time. So tell us a little bit about how you started your career and how did you get to Trayvac? Okay. Well, um, I uh, grew up with a single mom. She owned a barber salon. Uh, Every weekend I worked for her behind the desk. So I learned uh, work ethic at a very Mm. young age. My senior year at the U of A, um, I was looking for a job. I was very interested in getting into hospitality, and I learned of the Four Seasons president, um, Isidore Sharp, and Katie Taylor, who was then the vice president, um, they would be at a hotel called La Berge in Sedona. So I, who was going to be at that meeting, I invited myself to Sedona, and I sat at the table with with uh, the president of the Four Seasons, and I told him that I had just put in an application to Human Resources. I was a 20-year-old student and graduating in December, and I spoke three languages, and I would be an asset to his company. Wow, that's gutsy. How did you get to be at the table? How did you manage to get at the table with them and actually speak to the people? I knew the developer of a project that was uh, collaborating with the Four Seasons, and so I reached out to that developer and and um, tried to form that relationship and uh, yeah, and built that connection. So I knew I wanted to work there and I figured I would just do whatever it took to, to get a job there. So um, that was actually around September 11th. Uh, oh. I graduated in December that year 
and was hired on with the Four Seasons, which started my, you know, the beginning of a really great career there. That's awesome. Um, great story. Yeah, what I learned there was just working and, and behaving with the highest standards possible. You know, the Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts, they've built their reputation on, um, on living, actually, you know, what, what they preach. And the service that they not only give their clients, but the service that they give their team members really helped um, helped me understand how to build that culture, which, uh, which then kind of translated to Kitchell, my next employer, which then helped me create uh, the human resources department at Trevec. Okay, great. That is wonderful. So how long have you been at Trevec? Well, I've been there since February of 2017. I started working behind the scenes a few years before that, helping to develop their um, some of their policies and procedures, their employee handbook, and, and some other programs. Okay. Uh, but full-time, I came on in February of 2017. So there's really, it seems to me like there's sort of two parts to your career trajectory. So one is the human resources portion, which sort of encompasses the second, which is the recruiting. Does that sound about right? Yeah, so I, I'm a recruiter by trade, I would say. You know, my, um, my, my passion is, is, is providing people jobs, is helping them, uh, you know, build a livelihood and, and, and provide for their families. I learned that at a very, very young age uh, at the Four Seasons. I was involved with various immigration in, uh, agencies in helping recruit uh, housekeeping teams and laundry teams and dishwashing teams. Wow. And, and staffing, you know, a, a, a huge hotel, essentially, you know, but the people I was working with, um, you know, they, they weren't from the United States. They were they were immigrants from from Bosnia, from Africa, from right. Ivory Coast, from from everywhere, you know, where people were immigrating from. And I just really got a sense of, of people and an appreciation for for what I was doing. And it was a kind of a higher calling, if you will. It wasn't just offering people jobs. You know, it was providing livelihoods and being able to, you know, help someone put a roof over their heads and 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 put food on the table for their family. So I saw it at a, you know at age twenty as an opportunity I had to help people. So tell us a little bit about some of the techniques you've used to recruit for Trevet because it's a tough market out there right now. Yeah, it definitely is a tough market. You know, I think that one of the the big things that I um, that I that I learned in my other previous companies is building relationships. You know, and so so many people, I think, when they're looking to fill a position, they put out an ad and they have a very kind of a passive recruiting effort. They put out an ad, they wait for people to respond to that ad. They, you know, they're and then they, they reach out to the specific people that responded, and then that's kind of their candidate pool. Mm-hmm. So what I have um, done with Trebek, and what I feel that you know is so vital just in recruiting in general, is to have more of an aggressive um, recruiting program. Um, building relationships is so important. I'm on LinkedIn every single day. Really? Uh, just meeting people. Um, wherever I am, I'm, I'm meeting people, telling them about what I do, finding out what they do. Uh, you know, introducing myself to various people that I that I feel have uh, the, the skill set that I'm looking for. You know, and trying to trying to start a conversation. Um, maybe they don't respond. Maybe they do six months later. You know, which shows that they're a little interested. And, and maybe they're not my candidate, but maybe they know of a friend who's interested. Yeah. And so I'm just constantly kind of tapping 
the market and um, trying to start conversations with, with people that I feel could either, you know, be aligned with Trevec in some way, either work directly for me or have a relationship that, you know, they could associate me with. So give me a little bit of a of a profile of Trayvet, because there are very few remodelers who have the luxury of having somebody spend that much time really on recruiting, right? I mean, the, the way you're doing it, which I'm sure is very effective, is also very time intensive. Yeah. So, so um, when you're in sales in general, you know, and this is one of, I think recruiting is, is one of the most, um, the biggest sales job out there almost. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not only trying to sell um, the person on the position, but you're, you're trying to sell the company. You know, I'm not looking to bring on necessarily anybody that's unemployed, right? Right. I'm looking at trying to attract top talent and top talent is, um, you know, they're, they're not sitting out there just filling out a job application. And so I'm not necessarily directly trying to recruit them to Trayback, but what I'm trying to do is build a relationship and sell them on our company. So one day, if they're in a position, you know, where they're looking to make a change or something's not working, um, that they remember me and they, you know, they say, oh, I remember Trayback. I remember that conversation I had with Alex. Let me reach out to her. And so that's really what my, what my mission is. But I, I'm always on my, so LinkedIn nowadays and, and various other social media, um, you know, networks around our phones, we're just, I'm just connected, you know, all the yeah. time. And I, I don't feel that, you know, in any sort of a leadership position, um, you can be disconnected in any way. I have a passion for Trebek. I have a passion for staffing. And I, I feel that just in everything I'm, I'm, I do, I, I'm just connected to that. Alex, I want to clarify something because what I'm hearing, it seems like you guys don't just have open positions. You're you're always looking to hire the people whether you're hiring or not. Is is that am I getting the right impression from you? Yes. Yeah, so Mark, I'm always looking at finding top talent. I think that that's so vital because you never know not only what's going to happen in the market, but I never know what's going to happen to my team. Um, I had a, a team member not long ago had a situation with with their family in uh, in California and and he called and said I you know I have to leave for a little while and you never know you never know what's going to happen and so I I don't want to be uh, in a in a position really in any in any one of our our positions where um, I am like meeting somebody yesterday. And so I always want to be ahead of the effort. Um, I want to have a few very, I want to have a few candidates, even in positions that we're not even recruiting for, honestly, you know, because we never know when we're going to grow the business mm-hmm. and or add divisions. Um, and, and we don't know necessarily what that looks like. I mean, we have our, our vision and our business plan, but just a- anybody that that's, that's, in the top of their industry, I want to be talking to, to see if they could either add value to Trayvec or if somehow they could add value to me, you know, and helping me grow my company. So how does that work um, technically? If, if you do find somebody that's just, oh my gosh, wow, we need to have this person, but you don't actively have a position for them, do you just hire them anyway? Or do you just say, hey, we want to stay in touch with you for the future? Uh, I think both. We've done both. Um, so, you know, we've had a very deliberate effort in growing our production team and bringing on an, an addition to staff oftentimes raises the bar, you know, with, with the current team. 
um, I have met and you know been introduced to, to various people out there that we you know we don't have a position for now but I just keep that relationship and um, you know they have oftentimes referred me to various vendors they've referred me to various suppliers um, you know it's it's just it's about relationships and it's about connections and you know I think any anyone that's good in their business and or passionate is is looking to help somebody else out. And I think, you know, that's how I was introduced to Judy and, and how I now am introduced to you. So I think it, it goes full circle. Okay, great. That's awesome. So in, once you get somebody, once you decide you're going to recruit somebody, tell us a little bit about your onboarding, your orientation and your streamlined process. Yeah. So that's, you know, one thing that I think has made our lives a lot easier is having the streamlined process. Um, something I took from uh, Four Seasons, which was extremely structured, uh, which was a phenomenal, you know, experience for me to get that structure, brought over Mitchell, um, to to bring over to Trebek. And what we have is a templated onboarding process, um, starting from the interview, setting up the interviews, um, the emails that go out to the candidates, um, who does that, how we put it in calendars, uh, you know, going to then the, following through in the, in the pre-employment process. So the, the individual is interviewed, setting up the next interview, how that happens. Um, again, it's all templated. Uh, we go to the job offer, which is a templated job offer. Once it's signed, uh, a templated email goes out for pre-employment screening, background checks, and, and drug tests. Um, and once that's all, all uh, confirmed, then we have an email that goes out for uh, the welcome to their first day. Um, you know, and prior to that, we have a, a whole system internally for our team to uh, to be able to you know get everything we need to get ready for for the team members. So what's made it pretty easy, and you know we're not perfect in any way, and I think we can definitely um, change things up and, and grow and, and learn to do things a little differently. But we've created a good first day system uh, that's worked really well for us. Tell us a little bit about your interviewing process. You know how how many interviews, who interviews, what's the okay. goal? You know all that. Yeah. Well, I think it depends on the position, um, but we usually have a phone interview first, which which is uh, with me. Um, we speak to the candidate, again, depending on the position. Um, if it's a, a remodeling assistant, it's going to be a little different than a project manager or a sales and design associate. But I speak to the candidate over the phone, learn about them, learn about what their interest is, uh, learn about what their goals are. Um, learn if they have the basic qualifications, you know, if they have reliable transportation, if they have tools, if they have the ability to transport their tools, you know, so you ask certain questions in a certain way to find out, um, you know, uh, uh, if they would be a good fit for the job. Um, I, I ask cultural questions over the phone also to find out if they would be a good fit for our company. Once I feel that, yeah, this person is definitely, you know, worth a face-to-face -face interview, uh, we set up the face-to-face, -face, which, again, depending on the position um, I'm in or just the department manager Okay. at that point. So we've, I've, I've determined at that point that this individual is, is a cultural fit, right? And so my goal is not to necessarily judge the skill set, right. um, but it's to, it's, to, it's to figure out if this person you know, would be a good fit with our team. So then the department manager interviews them. 
Um, they might have their assistant department manager meeting with them as well. Uh, and then if it's a sales interview, for instance, our marketing manager will, will, meet, will, will meet with them to, uh, to speak about, you know, the, the advertising portion and lead generation and lead distribution. And the goal is for everybody to kind of have their hands in the pot to, to figure out if this person is going to be a good fit. Now why, why is that an important piece? Well, I mean, every individual has a relationship with, with everybody in the company, you know, and each position touches every person's department. And we all have to make sure that, that this person, you know, is somebody not only we want to work with, but that could add value to their own respective department um, that can be held accountable to, you know, what each department puts out there, um, you know, and that everybody has a good has a good sense of this person. You know, oftentimes you could be meeting with somebody and you're jaded, mm-hmm. um, really want to, you know, bring this person on and you're and you had this, you know, great feeling, but you could be completely blind to something that uh, somebody else sees, you know, yes. because, you know, oftentimes when you are recruiting and you know, when you do like somebody, you tend to um, you tend to mask out negative qualities oftentimes. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely good to have other people in the room. One of the things, you know, for my the other companies I worked with, you know, there was oftentimes a four or five interview process, mm-hmm. um, a four or five step interview process. And, and that's for a reason, you know, and you're that individual is going to be working with many other people in the company. And we, everyone has to make sure that that person is a right fit. Uh, turnover costs are extremely mm-hmm. expensive. Um, I think, you know, I heard yesterday it's over approximately a hundred thousand dollars for, you know, for each hire. So you're, you're not only dealing with the, the, the money that you're putting into the pre-employment and drug testing and the ad placement, you know, but the time and the energy that each individual puts in, you know, to train this employee and, and so forth. And then you, and then you add in team morale and how that's negatively affected if you bring Mm -hmm. in a a poor hire. So it's all very important. You know, again, Trevec is not perfect, um, you know, but we look to be very intentional uh, when we're going through this process. Alex, I love creativity. I am a very creative person, I think, and I am always trying to think of new, innovative, out-of-the-box ways to get attention and to just do things. And what what creative techniques have you used? What's the most creative things you've done to find candidates? Well, I mentioned it before, but daily recruiting efforts to constantly source top talent. I mean, I believe in building relationships um, and recruiting and staffing is all about that. I have a very deliberate effort to build relationships with uh, individuals that could work for our company, um, either now or in the future, or, you know, just who could help add value to Trebek in some way. I mentioned before I might be speaking to somebody for uh, a few months and, you know, a year later they come back and they say, hey, tell me more about Trebek. Well, so um, Alex, what do you literally say to get the conversation going? I just let them know about our company. So I'll shoot them a message and I have a weekly um, process, you know, where I, I, I look for people who have the skill set, both, you know, in Arizona, outside of Arizona. And I have a message that goes out that says something along the lines of, um, hi, so-and-so, um, I'm really interested 
in your skill set. Um, I would love to speak to you about our company and um, if you know of anyone that's interested in working for Trebek, I'd love for you to reach out. Okay. All right. Uh, so just kind of getting them to learn about our company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oftentimes, Victoria, I, we talk about our families and I know if, you know, their kids are in school or so forth or keeping in touch even with previous candidates who, who, who've gone, um, you know, elsewhere. I have, you know, someone that I keep in touch with monthly and, wow. and I tells me about her vacations and, and what she's doing. <laughs> You know, and the yep. goal is to somehow collaborate at some point, whether she comes to our company or not. She's a phenomenal designer, and um, I want to keep in touch. And I appreciate her work. Um, and uh, I just the relationship is so important because you never know if that person would be, would refer somebody or you know would bring in a supplier or a vendor. Um, I would I would never want to cut off that relationship. Right. So, Alex, what do you do if you know that there's a superstar employee working for a competitor and you'd love to get your hands on him? Do you reach out to them or no? Or how do you handle that? I think that it depends. I'm going to say it depends. Uh, we, If they're in our in our market, Victoria, um, it depends on the relationship that our company has. Um, With the know, other company? The other company. That's oh, a big okay. thing. You know, I think that, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, it's a, it's a small world. You don't want yeah. to ruin relationships. And that's the absolute last thing that I would want to do. Um, and so if I am in a position where we are interviewing someone and we do have a relationship with that company, I would definitely make a call, um, once that, uh, uh, once it gets to a certain point and and we are, you know, interested in that candidate, um, or the president of our company would, would call that company and and have that conversation. Um, we have a lot of respect for, for other organizations um, not only, you know, in our industry, in our um, network here in Phoenix, but outside through, you know, RA, through a lot right. of organizations that um, our president, uh, Von, sits on. And so, again, it's about relationships. We never want to do anything that would uh, that would jeopardize a relationship. So I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier. You said that you will ask certain questions to determine if someone is a cultural fit. Would you mind yes. sharing a couple of the questions that you use? Of course. Um, so we have three pillars of success here at Trebek, um, honesty, integrity, and initiative. Those are, you know, those are the three pillars that we look for our current team members to live and breathe by. Um, we look for clients, you know, who, who believe in those and, um, you know, and, 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 and staffing and, and bringing on new, new team members. I look for people who have those ingrained in them. These are things you don't teach. Right. I mean, you can mm-hmm. teach someone how to how to put up drywall. You can teach someone how to how to do something, you know, on the job. But you can't teach someone honesty, integrity and initiative. Right. And so we um, look to ask behavioral based questions mm-hmm. uh, that assess what someone has done in the past to determine what they can do in the future. Um, I've learned, you know, through my, you know, 15 plus years of recruiting, these are the best questions because you can't really make them up. It requires somebody to, to sit there and think um, about an actual situation that happened and they walk you through the situation and you, you, you kind of dig a little further when you're going through there. So um, an example of this was tell me about a time when you were speaking with a client and um, and a, a situation of, of integrity came up. How did you handle it? Tell me about the situation. 
And so usually the response is, I would do this. And I would say, think about it. Take a minute. Think about an actual client that you worked with and uh, a situation that actually happened and walk me through that process. Sometimes it takes a few minutes, mm-hmm. you know, and it gets quite uncomfortable for the candidate, but they, they really kind of put themselves in that moment and walk you through what actually happened, which, uh, which, which is great, you know, because you can tell how they respond, how quickly they respond. Um, if they don't respond at all, you could tell uh, how they handle a situation, mm-hmm. you, can, you know, what their customer service is like, or, or, you know, um, you can tell a lot of things when someone's under a, a, a stressful situation like that. All right. Great. Thank you. I love the three pillars of success. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Here on Power Tips Unscripted, we have one pillar of stress, and that's the <laughs> lightning round. <laughs> and now, here's a Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. Okay, here we go. Put 60 seconds on the clock. What's your favorite business book and why? I would say The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. Um, there's a chapter specifically on time management and owning my time. I've learned throughout the years that the reason I'm not uh, good at multitasking is is really because no one is. Um, right. And so if I'm doing many things, I'm not doing them well at all. And so I've really learned to own my time and manage my time well. If you weren't in HR and recruiting, what do you think you'd be doing? Mark, I enjoy creating things, um, helping others add value, helping people understand how to streamline processes, how to make things easier. I think I would have, you know, in a consulting business and in some way, either in human resources or in business and, and help people streamline their process. What are you not very good at? Well, I am not a detail person at all. Um, I don't get concerned with the minute details of, of really anything. I'm a very big picture thinker. Um, I've learned to seek out and work with detail-oriented people who I can delegate to. Your room, your desk, or your car, which do you clean first? Definitely desk. What did you have for breakfast this morning? I had a shake, a orange juice, apple, banana, and pear. Oh, good for you. How would I be able to tell you were having a bad day? I don't know if I have too many bad days. I tend to not really associate myself with people if I'm having a bad day. So I might close my office and and try to regroup a little bit, but I I tend to have good days. (laughs) And how many basketballs would fit in that office? Oh, geez, it's a pretty small office. (laughs) When they add an HR department as the last department they add, I I don't tend to get the best office in the company. Well, that, this is cool. This is very great, Alex. Thank you so much for sharing, you know, some tips with us. It's a, as you know, it's a tough market. There's not very many people out there looking right now. So those people that are have to be super creative. So I think it was very helpful. Thanks, Victoria. I appreciated being on here and, uh, and I look forward to, you know, helping others do this with their companies. Now, don't go too fast because before you go, I want you to share with our listening audience your five words of wisdom and tell us why those resonate with you. So my five words of wisdom, attitude is everything for success. And why is that? I think attitude is everything. I think if you're having a good day, a bad day, something went right, something went wrong, you know, it's all about how you think about it. And I think what you think about, you bring about. And if you can bring a great attitude to every situation, it's going to be a successful situation. Awesome. That's wonderful. What a great way to wrap this up. Thank you so much, Alex. We appreciate it. And, you know, your your generosity is awesome. 
Thanks, Victoria. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Seahawks. You know, I think that a lot of people think that it's kind of a luxury to have a HR department, even of one. But I think Alex really showed us what that department can do for a company. You know, I mean, even us, we don't dedicate enough time and effort to recruiting and some of those things. You can see how dedicating that amount of time could really add to the stream of great candidates coming through the door. Well, it makes perfect sense because really, what are the odds of the timing always being perfect? The the Our need or, you know, the company's need mm-hmm. for someone in a role coincides with the perfect candidate's need for a new position right. or with a new company. I mean, the, the odds of those paths intersecting are got to be a million to one. So always being out there, always connecting with everyone and having relationships so that when the company is ready. And even if if not, I mean, she said sometimes you just jump on the opportunity mm-hmm. when it presents itself and you make mm-hmm. the position work. Mm-hmm. You know, one of our facilitators, Rosie Romero, used to always talk about that as well, about hiring. When you found, find a great person, bring them on. You know, it's a challenge to do and you have to budget it out and make sure you're not overextending yourself. Right, right. But um, I love the concept of of making the pool, the internal pool, even even better by adding those, those superstars. Get a little competition going in there. Everybody starts working a little bit harder, smarter. Mm, I like competition. That's <laughs> yeah, good. You're sort of a competitive guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this is good. You know, some good tips for people. And again... Behavioral-based questions are important when you're interviewing. It's not tell me about how you would. It's tell me about what you did when. So we've got a whole list of those kinds of questions and uh, some of our resources in the universities, and they've been very helpful to people. Well, and she really did touch on a, on a key point for for most anyone that's hiring to, to keep in mind, and, and it, she integrated into their three pillars of success, of honesty, integrity, and, and initiative. But it's that... You hire for the things you can't teach because you can always teach the other things. Mm -hmm. They may not be the best person to hang drywall, but, you know, there's you can teach that. Yeah. So you got to know the right things to be looking for that Mm -hmm. can't be taught. Very good. So we want to thank Alex for taking the time out of her recruitment and HR duties to talk to us. And as always, we want to thank you for joining us week in and week out. I am Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next week. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.